welcome everybody. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of the FBI AMA podcast. Uh, AMA, ask me anything. So uh, looking forward to taking some fantasy basketball questions, but feel free to ask me anything really. Um, as this is the first one, I, I just thought I'd sort of give you guys a quick uh, rundown of, of what's sort of happening at FBI. Um, obviously, I'm fairly new to FBI, but I have been in, in the fantasy world uh, for about 10 years now. Um, so we're, we're pumping out a bit of written content, uh, as you guys would have seen coming through the Discord server. Uh, and in terms of podcasts, uh, this one's actually an idea that uh, B-Dub and I came up with yesterday. Um, he put all the intro together, so I'm not going to take any credit for that. Um, he just told me what to do and, and hopefully it was pretty seamless. Uh, but so this one will be, I mean, I'll just drop these as I, as I feel necessary. Um, so we may have um, a, a period of the season where we've got a lot going on. And so I might do one every couple of days. Um, and then obviously now it's, it's a bit quieter. So maybe one a week or, or two a week. Uh, and we've also got the uh, FBI Clutch Time podcast, which will be launching this week. Uh, hopefully. Um, we'll have more news about that. We're just trying to lock in some times. Uh, and, and Matt will be doing a Dynasty podcast at some point as well. Uh, so three new podcasts, which, which is good, um, a good base to work from. And then we should have uh, some guests coming on as well. I've already lined up a few guests, um, which would be nice. Always nice to talk to other people and not just talk to myself. So uh, yeah, so look, going to take some questions. I, I had no idea how many people we'd get in today. Um, we don't have many at the moment, but that's fine. Like, I'd rather not have many to begin with, um, given this is the first one. I'll try and keep it to about half an hour. A um, couple of questions coming in, and, and I've actually got something that I'm going to talk about just, just briefly, um, which was, I guess, me just thinking and, and having too much time to think about fantasy. So uh, first question from Ash is... Should we be worried? Uh, should we be worried about Lamelo Ball's outlook given Charlotte are not likely to compete? Look, I, yeah, I mean, not likely to compete. They're, they're obviously the the East has gotten pretty strong over the last, well, in the last twenty four hours now, um, and you probably wouldn't have Charlotte in that top echelon of teams. Um, I'd probably still sort of have them in that fringe range, so so seven to ten. Um, 10, 9 to 12, that sort of area. So I still think they will be trying hard um, initially to, to compete uh, and we'll see what happens. In terms of his outlook, I, I guess you're looking at um, total value there as opposed to per game because his per game numbers are going to be fine. Um, having a look at my projections here, I, I would still think he plays 70 games um, at least, uh, 72 we, we don't have much of a, a track record in terms of injuries for him. So we can't come in presuming that he's going to get injured or anything like that, like Anthony Davis or uh, LeBron James or, or Kevin Durant. So I still think um, that he'll be looking to be out there as much as he can um, and pushing the, the Hornets into the play-in um, situation. We still don't have word on, on Miles Bridges. Um, uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming he's not going to play, but, we haven't got official word on that yet. So, yeah, look, I'm not too worried um, about the fact that they might not be pushing um, hard later in the season. Um, I, I'd still have him at sort of, yeah, 70 games minimum, um, barring injury, of course. 
Uh, Jonathan, who are you moving up and down your rankings from the Cavs Jazz trade? Yeah, look, it's um, it's an interesting one. With the Jazz, it's tricky because we we actually don't know what their roster looks like yet. Uh, I think they have something like seventeen players, or so. There's still moves to come there. Uh, I think Larry Markinen gets a bump. Um, he'll probably come in as the starting power forward, I would assume. Uh, and look, 32 minutes, 33 minutes, uh, I think he's probably a top 100 player. Uh, for In terms of Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt, I think, takes a bit of a hit here because I was assuming he would be the starting power forward and now he won't be. Um, I still think he's worth looking at in drafts just because of his defensive numbers and, and he's a really good rebounder. So I still think he has value. Um but probably takes a bit of a hit. So you were probably looking at him at sort of top 90. I'm thinking he's outside the outside that top 100 now. Um, Walker Kessler, uh, I, I was pretty high on him. I, I sort of had him as a top 70, top 80 player. Much like um, Vanderbilt here, I think he probably takes a little bit of a drop um, down to be sort of a yeah top 100 player, something like that. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I guess, moving the other way, um, probably takes a bit of a hit. I think. I think both he and Darius Garland will will uh, will their their production will, will drop slightly. Um, if you look at Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I don't have his numbers here, but prior to last year, he was sort of a a third round back end third round guy from memory, uh, thirty five to forty. I think he probably drops back into that range. So I probably wouldn't be drafting him uh, sort of. Uh, he was, I don't know what he was last season. Let me have a look. That would make more sense. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. So he was uh, playing for the Jazz last year. So he ended the season as the 23rd ranked player. You're not drafting him at 23. Uh, he's... Yeah, probably I would say down around the, the mid-30s, um, so back into the third round, early fourth if possible, but I think he'll go before that. Um, and it really comes down to his steals, I think. His steals went up from one point, from one uh, 1.3 to 1.5, uh, sorry, 1.0 to 1.5 last year, something he hadn't done for a couple of years. So I think if he can keep those numbers up, that'll, that'll sort of, I guess, keep his floor quite high. Um, and then I think Garland probably takes a bit of a hit in terms of scoring because he was he was really option A, uh, and, and now Mitchell is probably going to be option A. So I would have Garland similar. Uh, I think I took him in a mock that we did uh, last week. I took him in the late second round, so 21, something like that. I wouldn't be taking him there now. Um, I'm probably going to have him... Uh, similar to, to Donovan Mitchell, I think more of a third round player. <sighs> Dynasty, oh, this is okay. This is <laughs> not my area. Uh, in Dynasty startup, which rookies should we be targeting from last year's draft? Uh, so, looking at last year's draft, God, I've got to remember back who was a rookie last year. So you've got, um, yeah. Look, I think I know in a in a. Uh, that mock draft, uh, Suggs, I took him, um, I think, round 10, uh, obviously not in a dynasty draft. Scotty Barnes is probably the name for me that um, that I'm watching. Uh, I'm actually uh, in a mock draft, another mock draft at the moment, um, and 
considering taking him probably fourth round. Um, but look, yeah, for Dynasty, honestly, I'm not in a Dynasty League um, at the moment. I know I'm going to be because I've been asked by uh, a couple of people um, if, if I would join some salary Dynasty Leagues. So I'm going to, it's going to be a steep learning curve for me uh, in terms of Dynasty. Um, Cade Cunningham, obviously, I would assume, look, Matt would be the guy to talk to about this, but I would assume he would agree that Cade Cunningham is going to be a really good player. And, and I took him in the second round of a, of a redraft league. Um, so he, he would have to be right up the top there, uh, I would think. Thoughts on a third round reversal in redraft? Yeah, look, it's, it's a good question. We're about to launch uh, our... Uh, like a pro pro league, uh, we've got twenty analysts in that league, and we've we've put a poll out to to all of the the analysts whether they would like to do a third round reversal, and I think it's looking like we will. Um, I think the deeper the league, the more likely or the more benefit you get from doing that. Um, if it's a ten team league, not I don't think it's necessary. Um, Twelve to fourteen, maybe in a twenty team league, I, I'm thinking we're going to do it. Um, just because I think the value at the top of the draft is is so far ahead. Like once you once you get through that first round, it drops off quite significantly. So uh, yeah, look, I would I would probably be doing it in at least in fourteen team leagues and deeper and twelve teams. I mean, it's up to you. Um, if you've never done it before, then have a chat to the other managers and see what they think. But um, yeah, look. I'm not against it at all um, in any format, but uh, I think the deeper the league, uh, the more necessary it becomes. Uh, so William says, I've seen some reports, Steph Curry interested in heading to Charlotte. Uh, well, look, I mean, oh, well, I haven't seen those reports, but who knows? I mean, he, Del Curry is still heavily linked with the Hornets. Um, there's history there. I wouldn't think the Warriors are going to blow it up anytime soon. Uh, at least, well, definitely not this season. Um, I wouldn't think next season either. Uh, I think it would only be sort of once Draymond is gone um, and Steph's at, right at the back end of his career. How old is Steph? Do I have his age here? Surely I've got it somewhere. He'd have to be 33, something like that. Hang on, let me... Look, uh, Steph Curry is thirty-four, so I was close. So yeah, look, he's probably probably a couple of years away from from heading down that path of, of where he wants to. Um, I'll be dub says 30, 34, 35, 38. I don't know, thirty-four. Internet says thirty-four. B dub says thirty-five. Um, so look, I don't see them blowing it up anytime soon. Not not in the next uh, not in the next couple of years anyway. Uh, so this is, I guess, we're just looking at a standard format sort of thing here. Uh, Harden or Luca? Uh, Luca, that's for me. Um, I've been in that situation in already in a couple of drafts actually, um, and I have tossed up between those two players. Um, I would go Luca, although I do think Harden belongs in that top sort of top seven, top six discussion this year. Um, but I just like, I, I think Luca's just a bit more fun. Um, could backfire, but uh, yeah, I would be going with Luca there. Um, 
Lowry Vando seem pretty compatible to me as a starting front court. Yeah, look, they do. They they offer they offer very different uh, skill sets. Obviously, um, Lowry Markkinen's going to score more. He's going to hit threes. Um, he'll grab some rebounds. Good from the free throw line. Vanderbilt won't really score a lot. He is efficient. Uh, very good rebounder, and um, the defensive stats are what sort of floats his value there. So, uh, let's. There's a few comments here, but not questions. Uh, where would you draft Rudy Gobert? Uh, I actually did just draft him in a league, and I will tell you exactly where I took him. Uh, it was third round, I'm pretty sure, and I was pretty happy to get him there. So this is in one of our draft-only leagues that I'm in, uh, which is uh, 33. Oh, and I'm on the clock. Uh, so I took... Where are we? Yes, yeah, so I took Rudy Gobert uh, in the third round, so that would have been pick... Oh, uh, where are we? Where are we? Rudy Gobert. Uh, so pick 28. Uh, and I'm I'm fine to get him there. So, yeah, look, I, I, I'm okay. I, I think he's going to take a little bit of a hit uh, in terms of rebounding with, with Towns uh, next to him. Other than that, I, I think, I mean, he's solid enough. He, sh- he shows us what he can do. Um, I grabbed him in the third round there uh, just to, to lock up my blocks. Um so yeah, more than happy uh, to take him in the in the third round. Uh, I think he'll probably still be. Uh, I, I would say he'll be a top thirty player um, pretty comfortably. But uh, yeah, he will drop. He always drops um, just because he's pretty boring. Um, but he's pretty valuable as well, uh, especially getting those blocks early in the draft. Uh, anyone else having trouble hearing? Uh hopefully not. I don't know. Looks like. S- one person is, everyone else looks okay. Okay, well, yeah, if I see more comments, I'll, I'll bring them up, um, have a look at the, the volume there. But my testing looked okay before the podcast. Who are your top five breakout players? Ooh. Uh, at the, look, at the moment, I mean, if you're drafting now, obviously the hype hasn't built uh, to the point where it will be a week out from the start of the season. So it is a lot easier to catch value uh, if you're doing your drafts now, but it is a little riskier as we've seen with, like with the Jazz, if you were looking at at Vanderbilt as a breakout player and now he probably just gets knocked back a round or two. So it is risky to do your draft now. But if you are, um, trying to think who I've been targeting uh, in my league. So... Brandon, I mean, Brandon Clark is, is a guy that a few people are targeting. Um, I've liked him for, well, since he came into the league in 2019. Uh, last year was a step in the right direction. I thought the year before was pretty disappointing and, and everyone sort of lost confidence in him. Uh, I think he showed at the back end of last year what he can do. And without Jaron Jackson there, he's uh, he's going to be, um, I think, a, a pretty clear top 80 player, at least to begin this season. Uh, Devin Vassell, I took him, I managed to get him in the sixth or seventh round, I think, of that mock draft um, that we did last week. I was a little concerned that that might be high, but then uh, listening to Josh on his podcast and and the Ball Boys podcast, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I think I got him at 69 from memory, so I think grabbing him there, I think he could easily be a top 50 player this season. so if I can get him at, at around pick 70, um, yeah, I'm really happy with that. 
Um, who else am I high on? I'm just going through player names here. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is one that I'm, I think I'm high on him. Uh, his injuries obviously are the concern. Um, but chatting with, uh, with B-Dub and Josh last, uh, last week when we caught up in Melbourne, I, I'm comfortable to take uh, Michael Porter Jr. in the top 60. Um, I think you can get him later than that. Uh, but I just think the, the fact that Will Barton is gone alone for me makes, um, makes a huge difference because if you watch the Nuggets, watched the Nuggets uh, in previous seasons when MPJ was healthy, it, to me, and I mean, having watched basketball for almost 40 years, um, I guess I don't just look at it from a fantasy perspective. So it did look to me as though Will Barton was excluding Michael Porter Jr. in the offense. He, he would often overlook him. He would pass the ball uh, through him or, or past him to the to the next player. So I just think not having Will Barton there, I think there might have been some tension between the two. Um, and we do know that there has been tension with, with Michael Porter Jr. in general just because of some of his... Um, his thoughts and his beliefs, uh, and, and look, that's fine. Um, but I think that the fact that Barton's gone, I think MPJ will be utilised a little bit better this season. So I'm I'm pretty high on him. I think if he can stay injury-free, he could easily be a top 40 player. Uh, the back is concerning, um, especially as this is the second time he's had a major back injury. Uh, but I'm, I'm more than comfortable taking him around pick 70 uh, if you can get him there because a lot of people have added him to their... Their do not draft list, um, so to speak. Uh, we've got a couple other questions here. Garuba. Yeah, look, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, with the Rockets, we don't really know what they're going to do um, at that at that centre spot. I mean, we know Sengun is going to start, uh, and I think he's probably another player that, that everyone's pretty high on this season. Uh, I have a feeling by the time drafts get here, he's all his value is going to be gone. Um, I don't know what his ADP is at the moment, although I can probably look here, actually, if I'm in the draft room. Let me find... Where's Singoon? Hang on. Oh, so he was drafted. Okay, so Singoon was drafted uh, by Kyle McEwen at pick 48. I think he could be a top 50 player. Uh, I'm not sure how much vol uh, value there is taking him uh, at pick uh, 48. Um, I, I think he's probably, yeah, like top 50 is probably his ceiling, uh, I would think. And I would be much, much sort of much more comfortable taking him around 70 or 80. So it, it already looks like he's sort of, he's peaking out there. So for... For Garuba, um, yeah, look, I don't know too much about him. Um, I do know that the Rockets like him. I think he probably starts off at about 15 minutes. Um, but as we know with the Rockets, um, we saw it last season, although probably not to the point that uh, managers would have liked to see, but they they will invest in their youth later in the season. Um the issue is that Sengun is also young, so it's not like they've got uh, Christian Wood like they had last year or Daniel Tice, they had him for a while, where they've got these old guys that they can just bench. They're, they're probably not going to do that to Sengun. But, yeah, look, I wouldn't be drafting Garuba, uh, but 
he's certainly a name to watch um, as the season winds down a little bit. Uh, what have we got? Where do we value KPJ? Not a guy I've drafted yet. Uh, I'd probably... Look, he's he's going to be good. I mean, his fantasy game is obviously um, better than his than his real life game. Um, uh, I, I'd be okay taking him probably top one hundred, uh, but I have a feeling that he may get hyped up a little bit as well, and, and probably go into the eighties or even the seventies. Probably a bit high for me. Uh, although, if you are going to punt, then he, he gains some value and assists, as we know, are, are pretty important. So that does boost his value a little bit. Um, I think he's probably a yeah, top top 100 player safely and, and top 80, top 70 would be his ceiling. Uh, where are we? Lots of questions, the like questions. Can we trust anyone on the Orlando Magic? Concerned with the guard rotation of Fultz, Anthony and Suggs and forward rotation of Franz, Polo and Isaac. Yeah, look, it's probably of all the teams, the Magic rotations are the most, or the the one that we're not sure about. We don't know what it's going to look like um, because, because they're all young. Um, they don't have those old guys. So in terms of the guard rotation, I think Anthony probably comes off the bench. Uh, I think Fultz and Suggs start. Anthony was was a surprise last year, but he did tail off pretty hard uh, as the season wound down. So I would probably think that he's going to play that sixth man role. Um, and I would, I would think that they would be prioritizing the other two guards over him. Uh, so Cole Anthony, I wouldn't be drafting um, Fultz and Suggs. Uh, as I said, Suggs, I think I got him in the 10th round. So there'd be about 120. Um, I'm okay to take him there, sort of 120, 130. And Fultz is probably around the same, uh, I would say. Again, he's, the fact that he gets assists does boost him a little bit uh, because they are tough to find. In terms of the forwards, um, I mean, Bancaro is obviously their priority here. Um, he's going to be overdrafted, I think. Uh, I I don't think I'll get him anywhere because I, I just won't reach high enough. Um, I think he's going to go in the 70s or the 80s. Uh, and I think that's a little bit too high. Um, but again, once you get into that area, that's sort of beyond the, the sixth, seventh round, there's not a lot of shift in value from, from say, pick 80 to pick 100 or pick 110. There isn't much difference. So you want to go after upside and you want to go after the stats that you need. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'll get him, uh, but I think he's going to play 32, 33 minutes. Um, Isaac is obviously the one that we don't know about here because we don't really have word on on how healthy he is um we we just don't know so prior to his injury which seems like forever ago he was uh he was good i, I mean he was really good he was a top uh, what he might have been top 40 uh, i'll just have a look at his god it feels like forever since he played so Oh, top 90. Okay, so not as good as I thought. Um, actually, no, that's totals. Per game. Okay, 2019-20. He only played 34 games, but he was a top 20 player. Uh, 1.6 steals, 2.3 blocks, 6.8 rebounds, 11.9 points. Look, yeah, I mean, that that's what he can do. Oh, the Magic are going to be 
ultra, ultra careful with him. That's if he's healthy. Um, it, it's very frustrating. I'd be taking a last round pick um, on him, but I, I think he is going a bit higher than that in drafts, which uh, is risky. But again, as I said, once you get past pick 80, pick 90, uh, it's a bit of a crapshoot. So take whoever you want. Kuzma uh, or Porzingis? Porzingis. Uh, not even close for me. Uh, who's a good point guard to target above the 80 pick? So I'm assuming that would mean a point guard outside of the top 80 that you're looking at targeting. Um, depends which way you want to go. If you want to look at veteran kind of guys, uh, Kyle Lowry might be a target there. Um, Kevin Porter, if he's available. Uh, it does depend what stats you need as well. Um Pat Beverly, uh, if, if you want some out-of-position stats, if you want some blocks and rebounds. Um, but obviously with him, uh, injuries are a concern. Uh, Marcus Smart is uh, probably going to fall to around that area, I would think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it, it really does depend, but there are a few names down there. Um, and then it's probably probably once you get uh, beyond one... 120, 130 is when you want to be looking at Trey Jones. Um, maybe Mike Conley. I mean, Mike Conley's an interesting one because we don't know where he's going to be. Uh, but he's another guy that can put up top 80 numbers but needs to play enough games, and he may not do that. So uh, Suggs or Matherin? I haven't taken Matherin anywhere uh, in any of my drafts. I would think that well, again, it does depend on on your on what you're looking for uh, in terms of stats. I would say they're both sort of yeah, like last round or last three rounds. So one around that 120 mark, 100 to 120. Um, the Pacers are a team a little bit like Orlando. We don't know what their rotation is going to look like. So I would like to see some preseason games before I, I made a call on that. Um, I think Suggs probably plays more than Matherin, uh, but Matherin uh, will do a little bit more uh, and is a bit more versatile in terms of where he plays. So I don't know what his position eligibility is going to be, but I do know that when I last looked, he had um, he had a lot of positions. So that may swing uh, the vote to him a little bit. Where would you pick JJJ? Uh, I probably won't pick him. Uh, I would think after about pick 80, pick 90, um, it's it's tough. I mean, the injury that he's got is is one that, I mean, he should be back. Like He, he shouldn't be out for the season, um, and they have said that, but we know Memphis and we know how cautious they are. We saw when he did his knee, which I think was a meniscus uh, from memory. A meniscus should be two to three months and he missed a season. So, um, yeah, look, I, I, w- I would probably have um, Jaron Jackson. I'm just having a look here at what they've got for his injury sort of update. So, yeah, possibly coming back January. I think that would probably be best case scenario, uh, knowing what we know about Memphis and how cautious they are. Uh, who is your rookie of the year? Fantasy rookie or or real-life rookie, I think, are possibly different answers. Uh, I've been taking Jabari Smith um, in a, sort of the sixth round, seventh round. I think he might be the best 
fantasy rookie this season. Um, in terms of who gets rookie of the year, oh, look, it could be him. It's actually pretty open this year. Um, I think it could be it could be him. Uh, I would say him or Ben Caro um, for me. But yeah, in terms of fantasy, I think Jabari Smith will be number one. Uh, ooh, long one. Herb Jones had a great rookie season, but with Zion returning next to Jonas, Trey Murphy could overtake. Yeah, look, Herb, Herb's a, another one that's going to be overdrafted, I think, because of how good he was last season. Uh, but I do think that they're still going to give him pretty significant minutes just because of his defense. Um, Zion will come back, yes, um, and start at the four. Uh, Ingram obviously will start at the three. CJ McCollum will start at the one. Uh, so that's, and then you've got the two. And, and look, it could be a little bit matchup dependent, but Zion hasn't translated in terms of a defensive player um, thus far. Although, I mean, it has been a, a small sample size when you look at how long he's actually been in the league compared to how long he, uh, how many games he's played. So I, I still think um, Herb Jones will get significant playing time. Um, and and just his yeah, I mean the fact that he he could well he probably won't, but there's a chance he leads the league in steals. Um, he, he'd have to be top five, I would say, uh, and that alone will keep him on the court. I still think he'll get thirty minutes, um, and I'd be pretty comfortable taking him around uh, ninety or a hundred. Um, where are we? Next question: Will John perf- uh, John Wall outperform his current ADP? What is his ADP? Let's have a look. Let me look. Okay, I'll just have a look at his in here. Uh, So he's, yeah, I mean, if I look at his Yahoo rank, uh, Fantrax ADP, oh, they have uploaded him. So 135. Look, I think he will if you punt. Um, he's got some some strengths and some weaknesses, uh, and so I think a little bit like Westbrook. I think if you if you look at him as a complete player, I doubt it. I think he probably finishes sort of outside the top one hundred and fifty. But if you're prepared to punt turnovers, percentages, uh, and yeah, I mean, look, if I if I turn on my punt here. Punt, and we go punt, punt percentages and turnovers. If it loads, is it going to load? Yeah. So yeah, look, if you punt um, turnovers and percentages, he jumps 110, 120 places. So if you're punting, yes. If you're not punting, no. Uh, Nurkic or Pirtle for Roto? Probably Nurkic for Roto, just because I don't think he hurts you as much as Pirtle. Um, he he could score a little bit more, uh, could hit some threes, doesn't block as much, obviously. Per, that The big difference is is the... Let me put the question up. Uh, Pirtle, obviously, yeah, gets the blocks. That's the difference there. Um in a head-to-head, I'd, I'd probably go Pirtle, but in a in a Roto, Nurkic is is actually pretty good for a Roto because he he's a decent passer, um, 
his percentages are pretty good. His free throws are up and down, but I think he he can be a decent free throw shooter uh, and not hurt you too much. So I would probably go Nurkic slightly there. If Kawhi misses all back to backs and then sits another five to ten games for nagging injuries, how? Yeah, look, it's. I mean, I think they have fifteen back to backs. Is that right? Uh, Kawhi, uh, we're at Clippers. 15, yeah, 15 back-to-back. So 15 uh, and then, yeah, five, so say 20 games. I would think 60. Um, you'd be pretty happy with 60. I would think 55 would sort of be the minimum and you'd be hoping for maybe 65. Um, and that, I mean, that doesn't sound good, but I think I did some research um, just looking around through numbers and... The average games played last season was something like 66. Um, that's obviously skewed by those players that played five games or 10 games, like Michael Porter Jr. So that does throw it off a bit, but around 70 is what you would expect. So if Kawhi is playing 62, 65, his per game value is good enough that he should still be a second round player, I would say, um, in total value. Uh, Fultz starting for Orlando. Will he rise in the ranks or is his best what he performed the end of last season? Cole or Fultz? Um, Fultz. Uh, I'd go Fultz over Cole. Um, yeah, look, Fultz, I don't know. He, he's he's an interesting one because obviously he, he had that really uh, disrupted well, first couple of years um, with the shoulder thing and... He, he seems to have found his rhythm, um, hasn't reached the heights sort of, I, I guess, where when we thought he, when he was draft, where he was going to end up. Um, oh, what's going on here? But I would say that he'll be, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, sort of top 120, um, where I think Cole Anthony is probably more of a streamer um, at the moment. Anyway, injuries could obviously change that. So we'll go to the next question. Late round big men uh, center position. Okay, depends on your format a little bit here with with, uh, with settings and, and position eligibility. Um, but yeah, looking off a Kongwu uh, Onyeko Kongwu is a sneaky target for me. Um, I think he could. I don't think he'll play more than Capella, but. It could be a 26-22 split. So I think in 22 minutes, a Kongwu can can be a top, I don't know, probably not top 100, maybe, maybe top 120. Um, uh, Walker Kessler, as I said earlier, I was higher on him before this trade, uh, but I still think he, he's going to have value purely for his blocks. Um, even if he plays 20 minutes, he could block nearly two shots a game. So uh, he would be another guy I'd be looking at if he's falling uh, enough. Isaiah Stewart, so I drafted him last season. Um, I probably fell into that hype bucket a little bit and took him too early. And and then, as we know, he was pretty ordinary. Um, he was okay down the stretch. But, I it, I mean, it sounds like he's going to start. They, they're going to persist with him. Uh, he was hitting some threes during Summer League. Of course, that's only Summer League. But if he can get to one three-pointer a game, he could be like a 10 and 10 guy with a three uh, and a block percentages are decent enough so I think for him if he can make the most of this opportunity he's got better players around him now uh, so he could be another guy that you could target late uh, in drafts Isaiah Hartenstein uh, 
I think he probably gets hyped a little bit too much. Um, he would be a guy I'd grab in the last round, but I think he'll go earlier than that. Um, just based on the name, I guess people are excited about him. And he does have a very fantasy-friendly game, but I just don't see him overtaking Mitchell Robinson. Um, who else? I'm trying to think of sort of fringy kind of centers. Oh, Thomas Bryant. Uh, Thomas Bryant would be another one. Um, if he starts for the Lakers and plays 26 minutes, um, he could easily be a top 120 player. So if he's available, again, we are looking at um, some of these names, some of these players who are going to get hyped and probably taken uh, at the top of their value. Top three last pick flyers. Well, don't take the players that I took. Um, so in my in my draft, uh, the, the mock draft that we did, I took, uh, I took Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Lou Dort, and I can't remember who the third was, but it was boring. Um, and look, they fitted my build, but no upside there at all. Uh, so if you're drafting now, as I touched on earlier, the, the guys that are available at the end of drafts now might not be available in a month. Um, uh, but Kessler, it, it, Walker Kessler would be one. If if people are turned off enough with um, Markinen coming in and, and, and things changing in Utah, then Kessler would be a guy that I would target uh, late. Colin Sexton um, would be another one if uh, I, th I think he'll get hyped a little bit too much. Um, and then you've got a few guys like, the, I mean, we've talked about them here. Trey Murphy, I don't mind him at the back end of a draft uh, because I, th I think he will he will get good run this season. Isaiah Livers is another one for Detroit um, who I think he will he'll just get better as the season goes on. Yeah. Uh, there's one one player that I'm curious about. I, I won't draft him, and I probably won't take him in the last round, but TJ Warren, uh, if if we get word that he's healthy, um, we know he can be a top 60 player when he's obviously firing on all cylinders, and, and whether that happens, I doubt it does. But he could be a guy, if, if he's going to play sort of 25 minutes a night, um, then I, I don't mind him as a, as a last round pick. Uh, and Tari Eason is probably another one uh, as I go through here. Um, very good. He was really good in the in the Summer League. Uh, I don't know what his role is going to be, but again, with the Rockets, we have seen them prioritise young guys, so Tari Eason would be another one. Uh, Kawhi under 60 games. Yeah, look, potentially, yes. Uh, I'd be hoping 60, 65, but I, I'm probably glass half full there. Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, look, I think uh, breakout, I don't know if I'd call it a breakout. I think he I think he starts and I think he has a good season. Um, but I, I'm not sure how high his ceiling is in the spot that he's in. Um, 120, top 100. Uh, I think he'll play minute. He'll play 30 minutes um, and he can hit threes. Uh, he's relatively efficient he's not not sort of one of these 55 percent shooters but he'll be close to 50 um and and get solid defensive numbers so i think in terms of his role it'll be a breakout for him so he'll be playing 30 minutes uh and, and i'd be comfortable taking him yeah sort of 11 11th 12th round uh oladipo with the heat maybe yes uh we don't know what 
the Orlando, uh, the the Miami power forward position looks like at the moment. Um, so yeah, they they could very well uh, shift everyone up and and play uh, Oladipo at the three, play Jimmy at the four. Um, I would say Martin starts on most nights, but depending who they're coming up against, you know, like if they're coming up against someone like the Timberwolves, they're not going to do that because they're going to need size. So whether we don't know if they're going to sign a power forward, but whether they then go to Deadman and and Bam or Yurtsevin, we would hope that it's Yurtsevin, but we don't know. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I, I think there is a chance that they do go small and Oladipo, assuming he can stay healthy, then uh, he, he could play a few extra minutes there. Uh, so that's all the questions and 47 minutes, which is way too long. I was just going to touch on, uh, as I sort of when I opened the show, I talked about it. Listening to podcasts, Jokic is number one. We know that he's going number one in basically everywhere. So I just sort of got to thinking, what, what would be a situation where you might not take um, Jokic at number one? And went through, did some punting things. That, um, and so if you want to go into your draft and punt free throw percentage and three-pointers, Giannis uh, actually comes out as the number one player. So just if you were, I guess, wanting to start a discussion in your league, because you would if you got pick one and you didn't take Jokic, um, if you wanted to go with Giannis and you and you punt free throws and threes, he actually comes out as the number one player. So, look, just something to uh, – it's more of an experiment. If I'm in – I don't know if I'll get the first pick in any of my mocks or any of my drafts and whether I would actually be gutsy enough to do it. But um, if you're in a draft-only league, maybe you could try it. Uh, is Marcus Smart still going to be good with Brogo in town? Uh, yeah, look, Brogo's going to come off the bench there. Um, he'll only play 25 minutes, I would think, 26, <clears throat> because they have Derek White as well. Um, they could chop and change. The, so, again, if they want to go small, they may start Brogdon and Smart or White and Smart. Um, Brogdon isn't the healthiest of players either. So I still think Smart will be a top 80 player. Um and we'll go with one more question because it's here. Uh, what's your take on Indiana's front court situation? Uh, yeah, look, Jalen Smith is starting. I think they they came out and said that. Um, I wouldn't like. I mean, I could have talked about him as a last round flyer, but he's going way before that. So um, I would probably have him. Oh, I don't think top eighty is it? Yeah, something like that. Top eighty, top ninety. Um, Isaiah Jackson, yeah, we're waiting for the Miles Turner trade there, uh, but I, I'm still comfortable taking Isaiah Jackson top. I'd probably I'd probably take Smith ahead of him, uh, only because I think his role is a little bit more locked in. But both could very easily be top eighty players uh, this season if Turner gets traded and they don't get a centre back. Then uh, Isaiah Jackson will go up. He'll be a top fifty player. Uh, instantly, I would think so. Uh, look, that'll probably do it then. Um, I'm going to go and have something to eat. Thanks for jumping in, guys. Uh, as I said, we will have uh, another new podcast launching this week, uh, potentially Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, but we'll let all of you know. And I'll fire off another one of these uh, maybe later in the week. So it's Saturday here, Friday over there, maybe Thursday. Um, 
we'll see if any trades go down or anything like that. We might just uh, we might just drop one in quickly um, and take some questions. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening, and I will talk to well, some of you in the chat.